0: Come on, feet, cruise with me, trouble ain't no place to be, come on, feet, do your thing. Come on, feet, do your thing, you all know why these games, come on, legs, come on, run. Come on, legs. Come on, run. Guilty is what he say you done. Come on, knees. Don't be mean. Come on, knees. Don't be mean. Ain't first red you ever seen. Come on, feet. baby. Don't cop out on me. Come on, baby. Don't give in on me. Come on, feet. Cruise with me. mouth on me. Anyway, the way I pick them up and put him down, even if it got my, got my name on it, won't catch me now. Come on, B. Cruise for me. Come on, Ledge. Come on, run. Do your thing
1: law. Be sure do get around
0: Never put it in Some cold ass ground Sure as dark Never been out this way Mama Anyway, I saving sound. she <laughs> broke your living 220 across country. <laughs> or something. She sure was lonely. She sure most quietest turf I ever seen. What have happened to the sun? she sure gone away. she sure blacker blacken the landlord's soul. Must have run all day, yeah, must have run all day, sure I'm a bitch, must have run all day, sure, yeah, yeah, baby, come on, feet, screw it for me, come on, feet, come on, run, come on, legs. come on, run. Come on, Neve, do your thing! Come on, Neve,
1: do your thing! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ornate Stairwells, a movie podcast where I am sleepy and I'm joined by
2: Neve. Um, I am coughing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm also so I'm Snorlax and you're coughing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cougher. <laughs> Weezer. So- <laughs>
0: Um,
2: yeah, I don't have, I don't like have COVID anymore. I just, that lung thing that I had in December turns out gets really aggravated by COVID.
1: I broke my wrist.
2: Yeah, you broke your wrist. We are falling (laughs) apart
0: over here, Um, which is probably part of why
2: when we get to the movies that we watched, we, this is a much lighter.
1: Okay. So. Last week.
2: Also, I'm literally sending the call for emails right now.
1: Let me just let me just look at my calendar and get the days right. Because I this is a fun little chronicle for for the listeners. As we record, it is Wednesday, March 2nd. Um we last recorded on Tuesday, on Wednesday February twenty third, the day after my birthday, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um
1: so my birthday. We may
2: have we may have recorded on your birthday. It was around that. It was Tuesday or when? I think it was Tuesday.
1: I think it was because I have an email for yes. you. Yeah. Yes. So we recorded on Tuesday, the twenty second, my birthday. Yeah. Um, that was the day that I watched like eighty movies or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the twenty fourth, um, I came over. We hung out for a while. We watched Parasite. We'll circle yeah. back to that. Um, and I was supposed to go back to work on the 25th and coming home, I slipped and fell and busted (laughs) up my wrist. And before that, I was in like a movie hole. I was just like, anytime I had any free time, I was watching movies. And since then I have been tired. (laughs) Yeah. I have. Okay. (sighs) Okay. on like a sunday i think i came home from work and i watched 30 minutes of the 36th chamber of shaolin which is a great movie yeah is a great movie and i got 30 minutes in and i was like i'm i can't pay attention to this i'm i'm all fucked up yeah <laughs> i i am all out of sorts And so I turned off fucking the 36th Chamber of Shaolin 30 minutes in. And then I put on Boogie Nights, which is also a great movie. I watched 30 minutes of that and I was like, I can't pay attention to minutes in English either. I guess I'm not watching movies. I have watched so much Sailor Moon and a little Ghost in the Shell standalone Complex, but mostly Sailor Moon. Uh, Yeah, my my movie watching has just gone... Yeah. So... Um, I feel like I have less of like
2: excuses for mm-hmm. like, I can still watch a movie with the cough. Yeah. Um, I, this is not that bad. You're also busy. You're a parent. Yeah. I, I think the big thing more is just that like when I had COVID, I didn't work that week because my job gave me five days mm. and, uh, one, I like the f- Sunday before really bad And then Monday, I was like, I feel significantly better than yesterday. So I like message work being like, I'm going to take today, but like, I'm hoping I'll be back like tomorrow or the next day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I just stayed at that level Mm. the entire week. It was like, you know, afternoon Friday where it's like, I guess at this point, I feel well enough that I could work like two hours. What's the fucking point? Right. So I just missed an entire week of work, Mm. which like. My job was chill about, but also I have a job now where it's not like someone else just steps in and does my work. Right. Like, I still have to, like, figure out how we're going to merchandise digital pressure switches. And <laughs> so, like, that work just didn't get done. And then I just had to, like, figure out what the fuck I was doing Yeah. a week ago before I had COVID. <laughs> yeah. So I part of it was just, like... Often I will be like, oh, work's a little slow today, like, especially in the afternoons where I'm like, I've got stuff into place, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of just doing busy work often in the afternoons. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I'm just like messing with spreadsheets or whatever. And so then I'll put on a movie. I'll watch something in the background. Uh, this is how I do a fair amount of movie watching, honestly. Yeah. Um, I just didn't do that at all, because I was just... just like, I have shit to do. I have so much shit to do. Yeah. I have to do two weeks of work in a week, yeah. basically. So... And not...
1: I- I I also cannot be stressed enough. (laughs) I'm busted my hand Thursday night. I spent all, all day Friday. I like woke up, went to a doctor, got lunch, went to another doctor. I was worn out. Like Nora was at work. So Nora could not help me with any of this shit. And so I was just like handling a broken hand by myself. And it was just like, um, and then I had worked the next five days <laughs> consecutively <laughs> with a sprained hand or a yeah. broken hand or whatever the hell. I'm gonna go back to the doctor tomorrow and find out exactly what's going on. So we we're just a little out of sorts. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but we're doing also, our best. Also, I've got the like
2: actual nice kindle fire now. Yes, so. Which I think I told the story of in the Ghost Divers section, the post-credits Ghost Diver section of last episode, so mm-hmm. people can go listen to it. Um, I have watched some Nana, I've been reading Nana, but I've also just been like reading a bunch of manga. Mm-hmm. Um, I read so much Yuri manga, like
0: <laughs> three nights in a row. <laughs>
2: I just read, like, all the published works of Pyshen and Zawawa that I could find. Um, (laughs) Um, I also read the entirety of uh, the, like, full version of Vampire Blood Drive.
1: Oh, yeah. I love Vampire Blood Drive. But, yeah, you read stuff that I have not read because there's, like, a new version of it.
2: It's... So, like... Because there were two chapters that were published as like zines, basically like more self-published style. Yeah. And then there's a Kickstarter for this and there's four more chapters. They're a little bit shorter than some of the the zine ones, but then there's also like bonus content at the end. That's like, there's a little jokey. There's like almost like four coma style, not like where they do the, the like, Mm -hmm. you know, one above the other, but where it is four panels and it's like following the same kind of, joke build and resolution um so there's some of those in the back that got added and then there's also just like a bunch of pages of just like here's art that i've done Mm. uh they're just like nice pages so it's still like what was published and then there's like two-thirds more book but not all of that is like Mm. chapter but one of the most of the chapters are about the same level of smutty, but there is one of the new chapters is like way smuttier than the <laughs> others two um like actual depictions of genitals in it, which just it does not happen <laughs> in the other chapters at all
1: um um yeah i you got the same Kindle fire that I have, which i um. I have had I had a Kindle fire like seven or eight for a couple years that I just used for reading comics and when the battery started to go last year I was like well I'm gonna upgrade to the 10 inch one because I don't need a tablet in my life like I didn't want to invest in like an iPad or a nice Samsung tablet but it would be nice to have like a bigger screen to read the comics on. And occasionally I would like a tablet around. Um, and the past like month or so where I haven't been reading any comics on there that, that Kindle fire like has just like revolutionized my ability to watch anime and manga <laughs> or anime and movies and stuff. Yeah. Um, don't like, don't let David Lynch tell you shit. You can watch a movie on your tablet or on your phone. That shit rocks. Being yeah. able being able to watch all the president's men while I got some dishes done and then went over to my computer and organized some files and, like, uh, made myself some scrambled eggs. That shit rocked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, It's also,
2: so what I had before was, like, a very old, like, second-generation Kindle Fire Mm -hmm. that's, like, seven inches, but not even really. Like, it's, like, almost seven inches, so they're calling it seven inches. And then, like, the only way that I could get stuff to display properly without it taking forever to load, if you did, like, a PDF, was to, like, convert it into the amazon ebook format yeah but then when you do that and you do it in the app it like shrinks it like it puts like a white margin yeah. around it and so i was I was reading like a five inch page right. and just like having to like click in constantly yeah and having to click to zoom in a comic just yes. completely destroys the reading yes. experience to me same i want to be so able annoying. to take
1: in the composition of the page not yeah. just like i don't like guided views in like comics apps because i want to be able to see the whole thing yeah you know? this is like the thing that I hate about like the number one most annoying thing to me about I do all my comics reading on t- on my tablet now is that like you can't take in the composition of like a full prey of a double page spread really without you know doing stupid shit like turning your tablet sideways for one page and then oh shit I have like Rotation lock on. I need to pull down the menu. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Um, yeah, there's definitely, like...
2: It It doesn't match reading a, like, physical comic. Yeah. Like, but I'm still really convenient. glad that I have, like, the Ray Earth box set and yes, stuff. Yes, yes. But it is really convenient, and it's also just, like... I want to read all of Nana hmm that's twenty one volumes, which is either like a lengthy process of trying to get it from the library um or, or a, just spending a lot of money,
1: a lot of money,
2: yeah, they need to put out like a nice like omnibus version of Nana or something i would yeah. I would buy that. I feel like i that feel first like... volume of I talked about this on the Little ghost Di section, but people may not have listened post mm-hmm. you know Bella Lugosi's dead. But also, I'm just telling you again. I know I've told you this off mic, but like that first volume of Nana is incredible. Yeah, it uh, sounds good. Some of the best, not like in terms of like art and stuff, but like best manga writing mm. that I've read in a long
1: time. Um, um, should we talk about movies? Yeah. Um. So related to what I just said a minute ago. Um. Someday this week, I forget when. I woke up at like five a.m randomly i just like what woke up and i was like i guess i'm up now um and so i wanted to put something on to get a couple chores done um and i just went to hbo max and i was like oh shit they got all the president's men i love that movie i've seen that movie three times i think um yeah i'll just put on it all the president's men Uh, That movie's even better than I remember it. And I remember it being one of the greatest of all time. (laughs) Uh, I don't have a ton to say about it. There's a very early repertory screenings episode, like episode like three or four, I want to say. So if you want like an in-depth discussion of it, um, you can go there. And like, once again, I must stress, this time I was watching it most recently, it was 5 a.m. I was doing my dishes and organizing <coughs> my, my anime torrents. Yeah, <laughs> I was not um, paying a tremendous amount of attention. Um, I, I recall that while I was watching the movie, I was like wanting to give it an a minus for stairs, but I absolutely could not tell you, what the stairs were uh where they appeared <laughs> uh it, it was it was 5 a.m. so uh but yeah all the presidents men one of the all time greats yeah um <clears throat> uh and then the next movie i wanted to talk about i'll say a little more about but it's probably still not a ton
2: yeah um oh. Yeah, right before going. you say I just want to do, like, yeah. a, a quick mention, because you mentioned HBO Max. Uh, shortly, like, a little bit before recording, mm. I noticed that HBO Max apparently has Drive My Car now. Yeah, I think um, someone
1: was also telling me that Criterion's going to get it soon, which makes sense, because it's been distributed by Giannis.
2: Yeah, and they've been, like, heavily promoted. I was kind of surprised that I... it was on HBO Max right now, because I just thought that Criterion was going to be the one.
1: I but... don't know... Cause there's a lot of Criterion stuff that shows up on HBO Max. I don't know if maybe like HBO has like some ownership of of Giannis, or am I saying that right? I, I think so. so I used If someone Janus. else is like, there's a correct
2: way to say it, that this is like the official company way to say it. But when I was working as the president of a film club and having to like frequently work with Giannis the contact that I had that I would call on the phone would say Giannis. Okay. And, like, she had an accent, so maybe... Mm. But I I felt like she would know how to say her own...
1: Right, right. ...company name. Um... But maybe not. I'm just gonna... I... The thing is that I remember asking in the Abnormal Mapping Discord like a week or two ago, like, hey, um... Are there like good torrents of uh, drive my car out there? And someone just told me like it's hitting streaming soon or something. And I, I guess I default in my head assumed that it was Criterion, but I actually I don't actually know. Maybe I'm misremembering. Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, but yeah, I want to watch that. I'm I've been excited about it
2: since I saw that <sighs> short. Yeah, film apparently for this guy. Yeah, looking at the lengths of some of the films, but hour long. <laughs> I'm movie. really
1: glad that Drive My Car is out because it is. I'm sure a- Aiden, our friend, uh, tells me that that Happy Hour is a great movie, and I trust Aiden. I believe that Happy Hour is a great movie. I also believe that that is a six-hour film. Yeah, and I, I'm really glad Drive My Car, a three-hour film, is out, so that it is pushed me off from having to watch Happy Hour for a little while longer. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But anyway, um, there was another... We're just going to get through the two movies that I... There are extenuating circumstances to where like, I really enjoyed them, can't really talk about them. One night I got high as shit and I saw... (laughs) I was on Arrow, and I was like, what's this Wolf Guy movie? Click. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Wolf Guy is a movie where Sonny Chiba, um, of the Street Fighter fame. Yeah. I think this is- Rest the in s- peace. Yes, rest in peace. I think this comes out in 1975, which I believe is the same year as the first Street Fighter movie. I'm got to cat trying to break in. I can't. Um, I can't turn and like get the cat taken care of because Sunny Chiba
2: Street Fighter. Okay, it's Ali who just likes to go at the door and not even come in.
1: Okay. Anyway, um, yeah. So um, Sunny Chiba plays a yakuza question mark. He is just like a guy who gets in trouble with the law seemingly. Which made me, and he wears a cool suit, which made me default assume that he was a Yakuza. But then, like, you meet some other Yakuza in the movie, and they're like, Hey, fuck that guy up. And, and he's like, oh man, these Yakuza are after me in a way that made me think, Wait, I thought you were a Yakuza. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Sonichiba, um is a guy who has the worst luck in the world. Because he's just, like, hanging out. And a guy randomly dies, and the cops pull him in, and, like, this is the fourth time we've pulled you in this week for, like, weird coincidence of, like, robberies happening around you, or murders happening, and you're nearby. Yeah. Um. And he gets away from the cops, and then, like, just bumps into some Yakuza, and they want to fuck up his day for reasons I don't remember. Uh, but he kicks their ass, because it's a Sonny Chiba movie, and he does karate and bam-bam pow. Yeah. Anyway... Um, he's also the last werewolf, um, werewolves were hunted to extinction, um, but his mother saved him, and he's the last werewolf, um, and he has to preserve the wolf blood. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, this girl that he's hot for, um... I I promise you that if I was sober, this also this still would not have made sense. Yeah, none of the plot you, of the, the-
2: you were like <laughs> tweeting about how basically like you are this kind of person now who will watch this, and like part of it is just ornate stairwells being a thing yeah. that's, like changed your taste in movies. Um, and I described as like, oh, basically you're saying that you're a V Cinema sicko now. Yes, and you were like. Wait, it was like V-Cinema, a term that applies to the 70s? Yeah. And I was like, no, but like, sitting at home, (laughs) watching a movie from the 70s about like a maybe Yakuza, who's also a werewolf, (laughs) and like, there's like a weird horny sex scene with blood, that is V-Cinema sicko stuff? Uh,
1: Okay, this movie is 85 minutes long, and there are nine pairs of tits. Yeah. That's incredible bang for your buck. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: but, and, and like part of, part of what I'm also saying with like, this is V cinema sicko shit is that like, there's a very different vibe between like, when people were watching this in the seventies where it had to be in the theater and mm-hmm. it was probably like, you were going to the theater all the time and you're just seeing whatever weird thing is coming out.
1: Yeah. You're like, oh, I liked the street fighter.
2: Yeah. And I, like, I'm not saying that Wolf Guy doesn't also show up at a theater, mm-hmm. but Wolf Guy showing up at a theater now is also the product of like what I would describe as V <laughs> Cinema Sicko stuff, <laughs> which is that there just a proliferation of uh-huh. movies on like VHS and then DVD. Yeah, that you could just go and rent, and that meant that you could become the person who that I was uh-huh. like in high school, where you just go to the video rental place, you try and find the weird like weirdest fucking corner of the video store. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to get this one called wolf guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So let me tell you about the last wrinkle.
2: All the president's (laughs) men is over there, but I'm going to get wolf guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you about the last wrinkle of the plot, which I don't think I tweeted about, which was that, um, he's falling for this woman. Um, and at one point, stop me. If you've heard this one before, um, this woman was sexually assaulted and it will wo- awoken within her mystical powers um, yeah. and her mystical powers are that when she is angry, a a tiger is sim. you know how in, in sweet, sweet back, like. There will just be a Jesus saves sign, like superimposed over some random image. A tiger just gets superimposed like a a tiger crossfades in and sits kind of on top of the image and roars and then crossfades out, basically. Mm -hmm. And then blood just starts spurting from somebody's body. Just like the most blood you've ever seen come out of a person in a film. Yeah. <laughs> Just and I absolutely could not understand why this was happening. I still don't know. <laughs> um so he has to like save her from the bad yakuza that want to like use her powers to like kill rival yakuza or something. Yeah. Um, but then he meets another woman who he falls for because she's also the last werewolf or something and then yeah. in the end he has to choose and they both die <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway the important thing is that at like minute 15 of this movie he is covered in blood and a sexy lady is like licking blood off his fingers and I'm like hell yeah <laughs> Um <laughs> this movie rocks. Yeah. Also one actual last thing about Wolf Guy is that it is 1975 and clearly um y- Yamaguchi Kazuhiko the director of this movie had Loves the shit out of some Seijun Suzuki movies. (laughs) (laughs) This man is like, I want to make Tokyo Drifter so fucking bad. But what if Tokyo Drifter had more sex and more blood and more kicking? (laughs) It Um,
2: rules. (laughs) I'm just trying to look at... So like, you know, did Sister Street Fighter, Return of Sister Street Fighter. Just like looking at some of the other... Oh, Champion of Death. He worked with Sonichiba a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, while you were talking, I was looking up... I'm just going to give you this like run of... These are not all of the film. I guess I can just say all of the films, but I'll like emphasize the like big ones, too. Uh, these are movies that st- like starred in to some degree. Yeah. Uh, 1973. Battles Without Honor and Humanity. Deadly Fight in Hiroshima, which is the one that we're going to watch. It's the yes. second one. I don't think he's in any of the other in those five films, because that's the one that's, like, kind of weird and standalone. Mm -hmm. Like, Sugora Bunto, like, doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Weird. Uh, like, does slightly, but, like, most of it happens when he's in prison. Weird. Um, Karate Kiba. Uh, then Tokyo, Seoul, Bangkok, Drug Triangle, that one's not as, like, big, Karate Kiba 2. Then Mm -hmm. the next year, The Street Fighter, Return of the Street Fighter, military school, uh, spy school, not as big, The Executioner, Sister Street Fighter, The Street (laughs) Fighter's Last Revenge, The Executioner 2, Karate Inferno, (laughs) again, like, not quite as big as The the Executioner in this case. Uh Then the next year, Killing Machine, Young Nobility, Maki of the Thirteen Steps, Wolf Guy, The Bullet Train. Champion of Death, Detonation Violent Riders, New Battles Without Honor and Humanity to the Boss's Head, The Defensive Power of um, Aikido, and Karate Bear Fighter. Those are three years.
1: (laughs) I forgot that The Street Fighter and Return of the Street Fighter are the same fucking year.
2: But so this is the other thing of like why there's a certain kinship between like this era of Japanese cinema and then V-Cinema, which is that at this point... TV is, like, starting to happen, but hasn't, like, fully taken hold, and film is trying to respond to it by just, like, ramping up productions Mm -hmm. and doing, like, very, like, cheap productions, but you can just churn them out. Yes. And the idea is, like you are going to go and see, like, the full series... Like, hopefully you're going to go and see the full series of this, like, Yakuza film or whatever. Right. Right? You're going to see all the battles without. You're going to see all the Red Peony Gambler, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, this recurring thing that, like, can become kind of episodic in the way that TV would. But you're, like, going to the theater and you're seeing it there instead of watching a TV at home. Then TV kind of just wins out for a while. And then home video happens and all that stuff can come back, but now as a VHS. Yeah. And now there's the bunch of directors who, as a kid, were going and watching fucking Wolf Guy and are like, well, now I'm going to make something about like a guy who kicks people's heads off
1: or whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> well, and um... <then>, like, <laughs> Tokyo Drifter is only 10 years prior to Wolf Guy. I don't think it's like th- this director is sitting watching Tokyo Drifter as a kid but I definitely can imagine him as one of those students who is protesting Suzuki getting fired, you know? Yeah. Because Wolf Guy functions in much the same way that Tokyo Drifter does of, you know, when, when Sonichiba shows up in a really slick suit in 1975, you just are like, oh, he's a Yakuza, I think. Yeah. You don't really need someone to tell you that he's a Yakuza. You don't really need someone to tell you... Oh, this sexy lady is like his... Who cares who the sexy lady is? She's going to lick blood off his fingers. Yeah. Next scene. <laughs> yeah. Why is this lady also a tiger? Who cares? There's blood. That's what you came for. <laughs> wolf guy rocks.
2: <laughs> There's a guy who's a wolf. There's blood. There's a tiger? be you think people are going to (laughs) complain no no they're not going to ask for their ticket back they're going to be like that sure was a movie oh and then you know v cinema is just the same thing where it's just like there's this proliferation of filmmaking that's happening because you can just very easily now put it out on vhs and so they're just making tons of films, and it's just like, yeah, here's a, a film that starts as a rom-com and then ends up, like, she murders the guy. And it's just, like, extended torture scenes at the end.
0: I,
1: <laughs> sure. <laughs> I did have a moment where I wondered, because on some websites, this movie is listed as 95 minutes long, but Arrow had it, like, the file I watched was 85 minutes long on Arrow. It made me wonder like, is there another ten minutes that, that just got cut that's just people explaining the plot? And I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want the Snyder mm-hmm. cut of Wolf Guy. <laughs> 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 anyway, um for stairs, I wanna give it I wanna give it an A because it's got a cool scene of Sonny Chiba like kicking seven dudes' asses on a set of stairs. He like He's like guiding the woman in peril, and he's like, "Who's the A?" Yeah. Okay. He's like guiding her, and then like the yaks to come from like the bottom of the stairs, and then the yaks to come from the top of the stairs. Like, you're not leaving here with her. And he's like, "Yeah, I am," and kicks all their asses. (laughs)
2: Um, we'll we'll talk about this more when we get to the very end of the episode where we're like shooting the next one too. But yeah, uh, this is also slightly relevant because next episode we're watching Cure. Mm -hmm. Uh. Of another film that's not technically like in the pure sense V cinema because it right. was a film that came out in theaters, but that was like part of the V cinema movement, and in in some ways like it appearing in theaters is a thing that like and it being kind of tied to some of the other stuff that was happening in V cinema was like one of those things that was adding legitimacy to V cinema as like also mm-hmm. cinema, yeah. Because uh, he's this director who is like kind of doing both in the same way that like. Mika was doing yeah. both. Um, and so it was like, oh, I like going to see his movies in, like, theater. Now there's also these ones that he's making that are just, like, direct-to-video. But, like, it's the director who's just doing the stuff. So um, that'll, that'll be fun. It's, like, one of the... the it's good, but it's not nearly as weird as V-Cinema can get, which is also why yeah. um, I'm actively bullying Em into also coming for Dead or Alive and Dead or <laughs> Alive 2 Birds, which is just some far weirder. <laughs> the thing is, Dead or Alive 3 Final hmm. is... The weirdest of them is the most just, like, V-Cinema nonsense, um, but it's not Dead or Alive 2 Birds, which is a
1: masterpiece. D- The other thing validating your assertion that Wolf Guy is V Cinema Sicko shit is that literally when I was on Arrow, just clicked Wolf Guy. It wasn't part of any playlist, I don't think. It wasn't like, I I, I don't think, maybe it was and I forgot about it. But it autoplayed Dead or Alive right after Wolf Guy. It's like, okay, if you're still in the mood for another movie, here's Dead or Alive. (laughs) And I quickly had to be like, no, 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 we have to, I have to save myself. (laughs)
2: You, get, you at least got the part where the, the two main characters are just, like, standing on the pier and do, like, one, two, three, four, and then it...
1: I got one, two, three, four, and then a really weird, like, logo, and then a guy was running before I realized what it was. Okay. Because it said dead or alive, and the arrow autoplay was so quick that I thought this was still part of Wolf Guy, once again, also, was high. <laughs> <laughs> the, a good clarification. So, so that I was like, is dead or alive some, like, catchphrase that I don't know? And then I realized what was going on, that it just autoplayed the next movie. <laughs> yeah. Um...
0: You you
2: mentioned that you saw a little bit of it and you're like, it was weird and then I realized that you didn't actually make it far enough into like realize what the first like fifteen minutes of that film is, mm-hmm. which is just I mean, you got the guy running, but like that energy of someone running manically Literally, just the whole beginning of that movie. Literally, lots the, of stuff happens, but that energy of someone running is the, just the beginning of that movie.
1: The description on Arrow is like following the craziest first 15 minutes of a movie, yeah. blah blah blah. <laughs> it's um, like <laughs> they literally pitch you on the first 15 minutes are fucking nuts. The first
2: 15 minutes do not let you breathe. <laughs> um, incredible movie. Um, people should watch wolf guy that movie yeah i want to watch wolf guy (laughs) because i have for a
1: very long time just been a v cinema sicko (laughs) i tweeted i think two or three times while watching wolf guy it's a great day to have a blood king (laughs) um i'm just like glad to
2: have someone that i can share v cinema sicko brain i thought
1: you were going to say blood king (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Moving on to Parasite. A serious movie. No, it's not. No. Okay. We watched Parasite. Yeah. I don't know what you thought Parasite was, but from the way that people have talked about this movie ever since it won that Oscar, <clears throat> um, the way that people have always talked about Parasite is that I thought... Because Snowpiercer is a pretty serious movie. That's my main... I think, I think I've think i also seen Memories of Murder. But, like, my main Bong Joon-ho, like, movie in my mind is, is Snowpiercer. And Snowpiercer is a fairly serious movie. It's got some silliness to it. But it's a fairly, yeah. like... It's serious even when there are silly elements. Yeah. You know? Like, the host has silly stuff in it. Uh-huh. Which is one that
2: was, I think, the first of his movies that I saw. Mm. Um, There's still some funny stuff in it, but it is, like, you know, horror movie stuff.
1: Right. For the most part. And so, because of that, and because of the the, the discourse around Parasite for the last two years, I thought this was going to be, like, a very serious, like meditative like oh what does it mean to like live under capitalism and like oh what are the horrors of like relations between classes and like, yeah this very like dark and dour movie about these things and parasites a comedy
2: <laughs> yeah the other thing like i had heard stuff that like there's horror elements at the very end of the movie yeah But I kind of also heard it talked about as horror and it being like, oh, yeah, it's like this poor family that's like terrorizing this rich family and like Uh living in their basement
1: and everything. Anyone talking about this movie as a horror movie is a pussy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And like, it it made me feel like the whole thing was like, because there's the buildup of them like, you know, getting in with the family. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, okay, and then it's going to be like extended period of time where they are like living in their home and, like, starting to, like, find ways to live in the basement and, like, w- weirdly taking over their home. Yeah. Um. And all the stuff of them, like, in this family's home is so much more comedy of error stuff. Yes. And just, yes. Like, like, weird, like, sitcom situations, yes. kind of, of, like... Oh, we're having the party because they're out of town, but oh, it's raining really heavily and they're coming, like the camping trips canceled Mm. and we have to like scramble
1: to try and, you know. Yeah. Like that's
2: like a sitcom setup.
1: Yes. (laughs) And like, to be clear, like, none of this is me saying, oh, Parasite's a bad movie because it wasn't dour. I was so much happier with Parasite because it was a comedy. I had a blast watching this movie. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Um, It reminded me of some of the like, the like, k drama, like, kind of soap opera mm-hmm. um, like, stuff from Korea, where it's like, oh, like, I've watched a few of these shows with Emily, um, I know friends who are, like, really big into it, and it's like, there's, there's drama moments, but also there's a lot of f- funniness, mm-hmm. and in the same way that, that this movie did, too, there's, like, a certain weird unreality at times, um, like, things operate within... Like, a narrative logic, not really within, like, always a real-world logic. Where it's, like... I remember one show that we, uh, Emily and I watched where it was, like, this woman was trying to lose weight. And so she was, like, wearing lots of clothing and just, like, jogging everywhere all the time. And it was just, like, played in this, like, very... Right. Like, kind of over-the-top, like you know, they're playing to the, to some of the drama, but also there's like, it's like, there'll be a bunch of comedy scenes of her, like wearing all these outfits layered on top of each other and like running around. So she's like sweating and, you know, working off. Um, and then like, and that's just like jokey scenes. And then there's like a dramatic scene of like, we're worried about like your health that you're doing these things. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it becomes like drama for a while. And mm-hmm. I felt like this was like playing in these same modes. Right? Where, like, they're talking about serious things, but also there's just, like, jokey... Extended jokey sequences. Um, It's a little bit more black comedy stuff than, like, some of the K-drama stuff that I had seen. But it's it's still, like, of a mode. I think it is intentionally playing with some of those forms.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, like, Parasite's a very dark comedy. It's a very dark comedy. Yeah, especially as it
2: progresses. It gets darker and darker.
1: (laughs) But... But it is... T- I was laughing, like, in every scene of that movie. Yeah. And I think I'm supposed to be laughing. You know, yeah. I don't think that's an accident.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I, I just... I feel like it's not a a way that I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Yeah. Um, And I I, I was thinking in some ways, like, the conversation we had around Goodbye Dragon Inn of, like, that is a funny movie. Yeah. But that I, I don't think a lot of people talk about it that... Because I think people watch foreign movies and they think that it is like Uh serious and important Mm -hmm. and it's like no foreign audiences also like comedies that like have some interesting things to say and yes you know yeah and i think some of it is that like comedy is just a thing that is harder to translate across cultures Mm -hmm. um but so much of the stuff i think still translates i think and then i think some of it too is just like I think if people aren't unaccustomed to watching lots of foreign films, it's easy to watch it and not, like, just be aware of, like, there's just so many, like, there's tons of different films. And I think a lot of people think, like, foreign films are always art films, and that's not true. Yes.
1: Yes. Because people only, like, think about foreign films in the context of the Oscars. Of, like, oh. Or, like... I took a class
2: in college, and we watched like these heady French films. We watched films Stalker, or whatever. and yeah. you know, yeah, and and often, sometimes watching movies that I also think are funny. Yes, but then talking in class about like, oh, let's talk about the like n- you know important narrative. C- structures and the like philosophy they're dealing with or whatever. Cause that's what university is. I've never taken a university class where uh, uh-huh. we've watched a like funny movie and they've like acknowledged how funny it is. And no- I, it drives me mad. I'm just like, what the fuck is happening?
1: Nosferatu the vampire is a movie that I first encountered in a, in a college class. Um, and to, uh, <clears throat> to me, Nosferatu the vampire is one of the more visually striking um Werner Herzog movies like the one I I think of him because he's so interested in documentary as sometimes a very restrained visual stylist. Yeah. Um and, and Nosferatu the Vampire is a movie where he's just going for it. He's just going for, you know, the expressionism, the 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 heightened like unreality sort of stuff. And um the other thing that I think about with Nosferatu the Vampire is it's an incredibly silly movie where Klaus Kinski in goofy fucking makeup is running around a little British town, pointing <laughs> his claws at people and being like, "Ooh, I'm scary." Yeah, I <laughs> think I think of I think of, um, <coughs> I think of Nosferatu as a movie where Werner <laughs> Herzog accidentally unleashed a real plague of rats on a town and didn't care. <laughs> um, but when I watched it in class, it was like, well, we need to talk about how, you know, like, vampirism is, like, a metaphor for, like, sex and, like, venereal diseases and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I'm like, who
2: fucking cares? <laughs> um, one of the most extreme example. I should try and find some time to put on... I just don't want, like, all of my picks before we do Twin Peaks and, like, David Lynch stuff to be Japanese movies. But I really want to watch... Like, for at some point for this podcast, Taste of Tea, Mm -hmm. which is a... I, like, love that movie. It's fabulous. It's also just a comedy. Mm -hmm. Like, there's some, like, a little bit of stuff that you can draw out that's, like, maybe more important or, like, deeper, you know, Mm -hmm. message that's happening. But, honestly, most of that I also read as, like, a joke about serious films Mm. like i think at times it is making fun of serious films and the like tone of serious films yeah but because it is doing that it is taking this tone and so when i showed it at the like um university like film club there's this lady who came who afterwards was trying to talk to me being like oh you're the one who picked it this is such a deep film blah 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 and like trying to talk about the serious stuff and i'm like did you Did you watch the, like, sequence where there's, like, the really drawn-out, like, very serious discussion about the, like, Yakuza uh, ghost who was haunting, like, the kid, and then it's revealed that the entire time he had poop on his head? Did you miss (laughs) the part where he had poop on his head? The entire time?
1: This is why... Did you,
2: you, like, miss how that was, like... All of the seriousness was the setup for the Mm punchline of he had a poop on his head... And it ties exactly into, like, in a way that's, like, very easy to understand what the kid did that would make him get haunted. But nobody in the movie connects that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is why... Because um, I've never seen any Ozu movies. Um, and the one that I really want to watch is Ohio. Because the thing that I always hear about Ohio is it is kind of a serious Ozu movie. And it is also, like... His movie where he's going, like, the full Technicolor, like, lushness. And it is also a movie with a million fart jokes. <laughs> that's what I know about Ohio. And that's why I feel like I want to watch that before I watch, like, Late Spring or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but,
2: yeah, sometimes you can just watch a foreign movie and it's a great fucking movie and it's just funny. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I, I think the thing I... that was the weirdest to me, it there's so much talk about, like, Parasite being this, like great anti-capitalist piece. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is kind of just a black comedy about how it sucks to live under capitalism. Yeah. But, like, there's no, like, big message about it.
1: Yeah. There's a, there's a quote from Bong Joon-ho that I, th- I think about in a much different context now, where he... <clears throat> he says something like, I thought I was making a movie about, like, Specifically, Korean issues, and I realize after the film's success that, like, you know, capitalism is a sort of universally relatable like issue that everybody, yeah. <laughs> across the world, you know. And before the movie came out, or, or before I saw it, before I saw it, because of that and because of the way the audience talked about that movie, I thought it was like, oh, he's like you know very deeply considering these korean social issues and now i see it as oh he's using like these social issues as like the the setting for these great actors doing great work and, and um you know some sort of like some really lush visuals and um you know just a lot of funny stuff yeah, like like I th- I I hear that now and think of it more as like capitalism and the the these social issues in, in South Korea as being like the setting of like the actual movie, which is just um, damn. Wouldn't this be fucked up? Yeah.
2: <laughs> the the other thing, like, I think that this is a misreading of the film. But there, so there are people who are like, oh, I can't believe that like rich people love this movie, and. This is, like, me fully just, like, giving away spoilers of the end of Parasite. So, I guess, like, skip ahead a little bit if you haven't seen it and don't want this. Mm -hmm. Giving people a little moment here. Get out your phones. Fumble. Get the... Tap that forward button a little bit. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. The the end is like okay the the dad's in prison and then the son is like I'm gonna like work really hard and buy that house or no the dad's not in prison the dad like went into hiding but is basically in the basement of the house yes and is like still effectively like trapped hmm. and the son's like I'm gonna work really hard and get the money where I can buy that house and then my dad can just come out and like be freed basically. Mm-hmm. Um, And then it's kind of revealed that this is just, like, a dream he had, like, a plan he has. And a Mm -hmm. recurring thing throughout the movie is, like, don't have a plan. Mm -hmm. Because if you have a plan, then it's just something that can fail. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think there's, like, lots of ways that the movie calls into question, like, is this a viable plan? Like, how are you just going to make enough money to, like, buy this extremely expensive house? Yeah. But it doesn't, like... You as an audience, I think, come to that... conclusion and that is the correct conclusion of like, no, you're not going to do this. This is just a stupid plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just like the same amount of work. You were like, I'm going to pretend to be from this like university. And it's just, I'm not d- falsifying this document. I'm getting it early. Cause once I get the money, I'm going to go to the university and then I'll actually get the degree. Mm-hmm. It's like the, him still kind of doing that sort of plan. But it'd be so easy to be a rich person and watch this and be like, yeah, what poor people need to do is work their way out and just buy the houses like us. Yeah. Just apply themselves and work really hard. Yeah. I also... And like, there are ways to construct a movie that that don't allow that like alternate reading and like provide enough grounding for the alternate reading that I, I don't think that that's like a a complete misinterpretation of everything that happens in the film to mm-hmm. also be like,
1: well, what people need to do is just work their way out. I don't remember what show it was. It might have been recent or it might have been old. I've been listening to a lot of like really old like episodes of The Great Gundam Project and, and of Normal Mapping. But I don't think it would have come up there because the episodes that I've been listening to are are from like twenty eighteen, I wanna say, or twenty nineteen. Anyway, neither here nor there. Um <clears throat> There was an episode I was listening to where Em and Jackson were talking about, like, you know, and they cite Parasite specifically. I I just wish I could remember the context now. Anyway, they were like, you know, rich people just love just like watching art about how bad rich people are and being like, oh, yeah, that's so true. And not doing any. It was it was the repertory screenings about the wind that shakes the barley. Oh, because Ken Loach. Um, acclaimed British director or English director specifically, I should say, um, because it matters here, like makes all these movies about how awful like English society is and how like it exploits, you know, in in the case of the wind that shake the barley, like exploits Ireland, exploits, you know, all these like colonies across the world. Ken Loach makes all these movies and, and, um, like rich people just eat that shit up they're like oh yes England is so bad yeah but they're not gonna do anything about it they're just like oh yeah it is bad but it's just kind of like misery theater for for rich people yeah. and they love that shit and of course they love Parasite Yeah,
2: you know well and I guess like because for me there's lots of like oh they're like super misinterpreting this is like a really radical work and I'm like I don't think it is and I uh-huh. think that a lot of these works I think something like this is better than, like, Dr. Strangelove, and yet there's a certain kinship of, like, the people that Dr. Strangelove is lampooning love Dr. Strangelove. Yes. Because, and I think some of it is because they know that a movie like this is never going to, like, topple what they, yes. the power that they have. Yes. It is not actually truly revolutionary and, like, reactionary or, like, you know... Not reactionary in like that political song, uh-huh. but like something that is like actually going to like instill a reaction in the audience to like revolt. Uh-huh. Um, in a way that is going to be meaningful. Uh-huh. And so when people talk about a movie like Parasite of like, oh, this is like super radical and this is like a massive anti-capitalist work, and like this took a shit ton of money to produce mm-hmm. and is not really saying anything that like is in any way actually like actionable. challenging and actionable and yes. like going to actually upset anyone in 20. 29- and so it's a great funny movie that, mm-hmm. but some of it comes to like the way that I think about Yakuza movies as movies that are about watching someone who kills their boss because you want to kill your boss, but it doesn't inspire you to kill your boss. The people in it are bad and you know that they are bad, and they are societally bad, and it's a release valve where you watch Uh a thing where it's like, man, living under capitalism really sucks. Uh I'm now watching this comedy that's really great and well-produced, where I'm like, yeah, living under capitalism sucks. And there's nothing... There's no, like... And now this is what you do about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just... Parasite, like... I think intentionally, like, takes the view of, like... I I think... I think Parasite intentionally ends on a very pessimistic note. And I don't think this is some, like, I don't want to, like, impugn, like, Bong Joon-ho's, like, you know, communist bona fides or whatever. I don't I don't really know his politics. Yeah. I, but, like, Parasite ends in this very cynical place of capitalism is, capital, capitalism always will be. And damn, that shit sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and you and your friends can walk out of the theater and be like, damn, that shit sucks. I guess we're going to vote Bernie next year yeah. and just have your dreams crushed. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, and so, and it's this thing where I'm not saying like, and so these works are, are bad. Yeah. I, think, I think it is a lot to put on a film to be like, yeah. and then you spark a revolution that like topples capitalism. Yeah. But I... Instead of me, like, objecting to the film itself, I am more objecting to the way that there are criticism around this film that talks about it as if it is one of those things. Yes. When I don't think any film that is, like, made within this capitalist system is ever going to be able to, like, have this actual, true, like, revolutionary power. Yeah. And it's just stupid to, like, think about and talk about films as if, like, this is a... Uh, a thing that the film will achieve and has achieved. Yes.
1: Because that's that's this is just
2: a really good, funny comedy about uh-huh. how much capitalism sucks, and that's fine. It can just be that. Damn, capitalism does suck, though. <laughs> and, you know, you as an audience member needs to just watch it and be like, that was a really good movie. Yeah. Now there's other things that I need to do that are not, like, uh uh-huh. just watching a movie and being like, damn, capitalism sucks, though.
1: Yeah. This is, is, um, I don't know, maybe I'm going too far afield, but who cares. I, I tie this in my head so much with the ways that, like, Tumblr can tie, like, good movie to morally good. Yeah. And if I like the movie, that means movie lines up with my ideals that capitalism should be overthrown. And I... I would imagine that the people involved in making this movie think capitalism should be overthrown. Yeah. I, I I could give them that cr- Like, I don't know. But, like, that seems reasonable to assume. But, like, the movie's not saying that. Yeah. <laughs> the movie is just, damn, that shit sucks. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, in the, at the most, like, movies might get to, like, yeah, we should overthrow capitalism. But there's no, there's no movie that's, like, well... There may be some, but they're, like, not gonna get this kind of distribution. They're not
1: gonna win Best Picture.
2: Yeah. Uh, even the movie, which I think gets closer to this, Throw Away Your Books, Rally in the Streets, uh-huh. a movie about how you should throw away the, like, media that you're consuming and literally just go rally in the streets and protest uh-huh. and, like, do direct action, Yeah, is still a movie that... Does not actually achieve that revolutionary action and is just aware of like there is no way that I can make a movie that is going to do this and this movie is about how this movie can't
1: do this. You have to do this. I mean, I'm literally we're literally going to talk about Sweet Sweetback, which is like a movie yeah. that I think does this. Yeah, a little bit of like I think that there are there are parts of Sweet Sweetback that are genuinely revolutionary, and I think also there are parts of Sweet Sweetback where it's like, yeah, it's a fucking movie. What do you want, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Like <laughs> um, When I go to a movie, I want to be entertained for 90 minutes. And I well, got to tell you, Parasite and Sweet Sweetback entertained me for 90 minutes. You yeah. might notice Sweet Sweetback is longer than 90 minutes. We'll circle back <laughs> to that.
2: <laughs> um, well, unlike Sweet Sweetback was like, for a time, at least in like certain chapters, required viewing for like the Black Panther Party. Yes. But they're also not showing it to people being like, and that's it yeah they're like here's a movie you should watch it's a great fucking movie okay now we're gonna teach you how to like do this community organizing we're gonna yeah. teach you how to like you know the gather
0: like support yeah the... yeah
1: <laughs> yeah sweet sweetback. very good movie not a replacement for the little red book <laughs> yeah yeah um, anyway, we should rate the
2: stairs in Parasite. I think there's there's a lot of stairs, but I uh-huh. they also I think especially the fact that there are the stairs that have the lights and those lights are like key
0: mm-hmm. really like elevates it for me.
2: Yeah, because there are multiple stairs and like it. I think it is significant that like four themes of the the movie that like you know they live down in like. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, garden unit, basically. They, like, Mm -hmm. live in a half-basement. There's all the stairs that they have to go down to get to when there's, like, all the rain and it's flooding. Yes. Also implied, all the stairs they have to go up. It's, like, a big hill up to the house. There's the stairs that go up to the house. There's the stairs that you walk to get into the house that have the lights that the, like, guy in the basement can control. There's the stairs down to the basement. There's the stairs that go up to the other floor. Mm -hmm. Like... This is a movie that... uh, Stairs are thematically used for, like, the levels of society, in a way.
1: Yeah. Parasite is a movie very interested in, like, spaces and how, like, rich homes are sort of built to, like, divide people, you know? That, like, you know, like, rich families are sort of purpose-built to, like, keep people isolated um and, and uses stairs to like understand that. Um yeah. so yeah, I think Parasite I would A say plus like, or S either way. Yeah.
2: From the thing I th- I think I'm leaning A plus. Okay. Mostly there's all those there's all the stairs going down in the rain.
1: Though. I'm gonna My argument for S.
2: <laughs> so the thing with S for me often is like there needs to be like uh stairwell scene Mm -hmm. where I'm like that scene on the stairs. Like that is it
1: here. Here's my one argument. And I don't think this is a very strong argument, but I want to make it. It's really funny when she kicks that lady down the stairs and kills her.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's really fucking funny when that lady's coming up and she's boom. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, but um, um, I, I I could see an I f- A plus yeah.
2: I feel like if I was going to make an argument For like an S rank stairwell scene It would be the I did the a clap down. and it hurt my hand real bad Yeah, Let's not do that
1: Let's not do that
2: Going, going down all of the stairs So like they escape from the house And so they're going down all the stairs They like go down big ones in the rain That's like by a bridge And you know going down more and more uh-huh. And then they get to their apartment That's flooding I think if I, like, had to say, like, the stairwell scene, that Mm -hmm. would be it. Mm -hmm. Even though there's, like, many other stairs that are, like, more prominent, frequently used stairs. Yeah.
1: Let's Let's do A+. Yeah. Let's do A+. We give out S's a lot.
2: Yeah. Um. And I just... It feels weird to be, like, you did so many stairs that it's not an S. But Uh. it's still, like... You can still do lots of stairs and then still have, like... That one scene on the stairs, yes, is like a stairwell scene. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a crux of the entire movie, and it's like set on the stairs. And the fact that it's on the stairs is really important. Yeah, uh, and I think sometimes, sometimes the S is also a thing of like less is more. Yeah, you know? I
1: think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, sweet, sweet back. Yeah. Um, this movie rocks. <laughs>
2: It does. <laughs> this is a great movie.
1: Um, if people are not familiar with Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, it is a nineteen seventy one film directed by Melvin Van Peebles. He had previously directed Watermelon Man, which is a sort of um one of the one of the first, like, major hits of black cinema from a black director. Yeah. Um specifically, there had been you know, black cinema is a tradition that goes back like decades prior to watermelon man. It's just that watermelon man is among the first with a black director. Um, so that's a big hit. Um, and he, Melon and Peebles sets out to, in his words, create the first like black power film, um, which jumping ahead, I think he largely accomplishes. Yeah. Um, and, um, sweet, sweet, not sweet sweetback Van peoples could not get funding for this so he ends up writing directing producing scoring and editing um, this movie that is like shot in 19 days. He's playing sweetback um, and a, a a guy who gets in trouble for like he's with some cops it doesn't matter why. Like, he's just with them and ends up just, like, beating the ever-loving piss out of them.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. And then, like, you get some scenes of Sweetback running away, and then he beats the hell out some more cops. and Then he runs away, and then he has sex, and then he beats the hell out some more cops, and then he has sex again, and then he runs away again, and then he runs away again, and he beats up some more cops, you yeah. know? And then he runs away for
2: a really long time at the end through the desert, and that's the... the... It kind of drags at the end.
1: But other than that... If
2: that section was shorter, this would be five stars to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the reason why I took half a star off on Letterboxd.
1: If this movie is, like, five to ten minutes shorter, one of the best movies ever made. Yeah. I mean, it's still really fucking good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I love this movie. <laughs> um, I I actually hadn't seen it. I had seen in a class at some point. Um, Badass, which is Mario Van Peebles' like sort of biopic um, about the making of this movie. Yeah. Um, and Mario being the son of Mario. Mario. Yeah, and he plays his father in the film. Which he technically does briefly in this movie, too. Yes, he also appears as an 11-year-old having sex for the first time in this movie, which is like a yeah can of worms. Um, it, I guess... Because of that movie... And I think... <laughs> Mario Man Peoples is, like, working through, like... This is a very important, like, classic movie. This is, like, an important movie. And also the, like, experience of being around my dad while he was making this movie was deeply traumatic. Yeah. I think because of that, I had always sort of understood Sweet Sweetbacks to be kind of a bad movie, and that's not true. This movie rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's definitely a low-budget
2: movie. Yes. But that doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it like works really well within its budget
1: yeah i think so too. um
2: it relies like the experience of watching this movie as well is there's honestly a lot of like montage mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of so the there's the soundtrack which you know i'm pretty sure we're Introing this episode with Come On Feet, because it's yeah. like the big song from this movie. And yeah. it's fucking incredible. Yeah. It's been one of my favorite songs since I've watched this movie in high school. Um, and sometimes I like I will sometimes just listen to the soundtrack, but I have not watched this movie like since high school. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe I watched it in like undergrad or something. Mm-hmm. But um, So it was fun to to like revisit it, but like there's this like kind of like frantic soundtrack. Often. Um, And there's lots of footage that gets like rapidly intercut. Uh, Stuff gets like overlaid on top of each other where you have like images on top of images. Um, Audio will like get repeated um, and like sort of cut up at times Mm. where sometimes it's also unclear. Like, did they just have like this woman do multiple takes of the lines and they just like use all of it? Or. Are they literally just repeating Mm -hmm. and looping, like, one take in, like, bits of it? Um, Because then sometimes it'll, like, vary slightly where she says something different in a way that feels like maybe they're just doing multiple takes. Uh, Stuff will then, like lines that get said will just, like, get cut out and then will be, like, the frantic music's playing mm-hmm. and then it will just suddenly stop and it will be a line that someone said, like, a half hour ago. And then yeah. immediately the audio will cut back to the just, you know, frantic is... music. Um, and this is, like, most of the runtime of this film is just, yes. like, this kind of... uh Like, honestly, in this, like, realm of, like, the the entire film is operating in kind of this musical yes. space where yes. um, it is about like rhythm mm-hmm. and like motion and propulsion of of things often more than it is about like
1: developing narrative. Yes. I think Sweet Suitbacks to me is like a beautiful vision for what cinema can do. Yeah. And like, I don't think this movie always like functions, I don't think it always, like, I think it's always trying to be entertaining, I don't know that it always is entertaining, but, like, I don't know, I just, the, like, Van Peeble's, like, in his second movie, just so clearly understanding that, like, you know, like, I mean, all the stuff that we say on this podcast all the time, that, like, movies are about showing up and being entertained for 90 minutes and that, like, you know, movies are 24 images synced to sound um, yeah. per second and that, like, you can do anything with those images that you want to. Yeah. And, and just, like, so clearly has a grasp on that and how to, like, sort of create, like, audio visual poetry, I think, and the way that, like, the editing... um Disorients the viewers in space and like asks you to like make associations um, that are not you know sort of like like sort of literally there like you you just have to like listen to the soundtrack of, uh, of like you know 10 people standing in a room singing gospel songs. And watching Sweetback run away and sort of like connect, you know, like chattel slavery and people running away from that in the past to, to modern day, like slavery in prison, you know, like you just, you have to do that work in your head, but, but Sweetback gives you literally everything you need to do that work, just not in narrative. And I think it's incredible. (laughs) Um... Those are great. You bring that up,
2: we once again get weight in the Water." Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like the most recurring music on this podcast so far. Um, and also, all of it is just like because it's just a old like hymn, so yeah, it's just different people singing it. Yeah, in different movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in some ways too. This like we talked about this. I think the most with House. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about it with some other ones, but that was one of the big ones where it was like, oh, he's just like creating his own cinematic language. Mm. And I, I think that like a little bit less so than house, but like sweet Sweetback is doing that. But also some of it I think is more directly hearkening to like, I think about some Soviet <laughs> cinema stuff when I watch this Yeah, in terms of like, this is just so much about like editing Mm -hmm. is about like taking images and editing them together and doing things with like juxtaposition in the editing um and in like just how you pace things and how you just like cut up film and also this like energy like i'm especially thinking of like ziga films Mm -hmm. where he was kind of just going out and like shooting footage on the street sometimes. And some of it was staged and some of it was less stage. And he's just like cutting it together and creating the film a lot, like for the most part in
0: post. Mm-hmm.
2: And there's obviously like, okay, we need these scenes to like have the like narrative of, you know, here's the like weird kind of drag show that's happening. The very beginning. There, there's some there's, gender yeah. in this movie that, we need to talk about yeah but like you know there's that and the the cops come and they're like basically we need like some guy we can just take in to make our boss happy Mm -hmm. right and then like let him go and that's Sweetback gets called to do that and basically it's like the operator of this this establishment is Mm -hmm. like kind of doing this of like hey sometimes we'll help you out and then you won't like Fuck with us for doing like some illegal activities here, right? Kind of seems like it's the vibe of what's happening. Yeah. And then, on the way to the station, they get called and you know get some young black kid. Mm. Um, and then they're just like roughing him up, being like, "Oh, he's like fighting back," or you know, uh, and that's when like Sweetback just kills them. Yeah. With the uh,
1: uh, like half removed, I. It's, like, stated a couple times, oh, they're unconscious, and I think you see one of them in a later shot, just, like, in the background, and it, I don't know. I'm curious, is that a thing where it's, like, oh, man, I I cannot get the, like... This movie had a very fraught production where Van Peebles, like, had to put up his own money. He got, like, a $50,000 loan from Bill Cosby to make yeah. this, um, like... I I wonder if like the imagery that is happening there is that he kills those cops. The imagery that happens in all the f- in all the fight scenes is him killing cops. I, and I just wonder if it's a thing where it's like, "Oh man, I I even with my own money, I cannot get this movie in theaters if he kills the cops. There has yeah. to be a throwaway line about how they're unconscious." <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll
2: just do the Toji if I may from Evangelion thing. Yeah, here. yeah. Oh, he's not—he's not dead. He's yeah. in the
1: hospital. Don't worry yeah. about it. Don't worry about it. Oh. Um, um, I'd be curious. I, I, I should do some research into this because I don't know. I don't know if M. Peoples was ever a man, member of the Panthers or ever really like associated with them. Obviously, this movie gets associated with the Panthers, but I don't know like before that. Because I'd be curious to know, because, like, the Black Panther Party is, like, explicitly pro-Soviet. And I'm wondering, like, is there some roundabout connection from, like, the Panthers to him watching Soviet movies to the way that this movie works? Or did he just sort of independently arrive at, you know, the same sort of, like... uh, editing language that like Soviet filmmakers did I'd believe it either way you know yeah that like I think he's like expressing a lot of like this similar ideas to like what Eisenstein is ex- is expressing in strike you know yeah. um in very similar ways and I just have no idea did he get there by himself did he get there because he watched you know Potemkin either way I think that's like an interesting story that I want to you know see if I can find yeah. anything about yeah um. <clears throat> Yeah, just, it makes it, like, it's one of those films where
2: I watch it and I'm, like, excited about movies. Yes. You know? Yes. Even when it's not, like, always fully working, I'm just, like, excited about, like, movies can be fucking anything. Yes. Like, (laughs) um, you can just do shit. Yes. You can just do whatever shit you want. Yes. And more people just need to do shit. (laughs) Like, whatever fucking shit they want. Yeah.
1: That's (laughs) the thing. Like, yeah, like it's especially this movie was such a nightmare to make because you yeah. like film was expensive you yeah. know and and you had to like shooting at night is hard on film. Yeah. <laughs> um you know that's just not true in the same way now 50 years later and I wish more than 50 years later Christ um I wish more often you would just go to a movie and be like, "Damn, they did some shit." I don't know if it worked, but damn, yeah. they did some shit in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it's bizarre how like digital video
2: has made it so much easier to make mm-hmm. movies and yet like going to the theater has just like what that means because of how little people go to the theater has just like further collapsed down into like This extremely set, like, this is just what it is. Um, And also, like, there's just so much content that is, like, it being easier to make video now Mm. just means that it's also really easy for, like, it's easier for, like, production companies to just churn out, like, here's the next Netflix, you know, TV, whatever. yeah, Um, In this way where, like, a lot of people also aren't seeking out. I'm sure there are people doing... Absolutely wild shit with video right yeah. now. And a lot of it is just never going to get to some place where most people are going to see it.
1: Yeah. It's it's one of those things... I don't know. This is a recurring topic on on stairwells of how we don't like movies of 2022. <laughs> um, And the thing I've been trying to remind myself... um, I was thinking about it after watching Wolf Guy. Because I was thinking to myself, man, I wish they still made movies like Wolf Guy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is true I wish they still made movies like Wolf Guy but the thing I try to remember is that like the 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 like filmmaking world of the 60s and 70s that like I love you know like the shit that I eat up um movies were not always like that for you know the 30s 40s and 50s it was like a highly like regulated thing and then that all fell apart and the the economy of making movies changed. To where things like Sweet Sweet Sweetback could be a huge success. Um, And things suck right now. Like, movies suck right now, I think. Things will change again. The economy will fall apart in some new way. And people will make good movies about it. Probably. Maybe it'll take another 10, 15 years. But at some point in my life, movies will get better. It's fine. Yeah. Until then... I have enough v-cinema sicko shick- shit to watch. Yeah. <laughs> There's always
2: v-cinema sicko shit. Yeah. And the other thing is, I'm like, I'm sure that there are people doing wild shit right now. Uh-huh. Um, and I think some of it, too, is just like a change in in what's happening where that just becomes
1: easier to access. yeah. Yeah. Like, just giving platforms to, like, weirder movies than, like, what Netflix or HBO or... Because I'm sure people are doing
2: absolutely buck-wild fucking shit on, like, YouTube right now. Yeah. And you don't see it because you just get served up the, like, five-hour-long video essays so that they know they can, like, advertise the hell out of. Here's what I know? know, is that this
1: week I have watched four videos that are like, Why does CC's Pizza suck now? Why did Radio Shack go out of business that is just, like, 12 minutes of a man essentially reading Wikipedia to me? And I know that, like... <laughs> I just keep watching these videos from this guy and being like, why am I watching these? I don't even like these videos. Yeah.
2: But... Um, well, and I think the other thing, too, is that, like... One of the things that will hopefully... I think one of the things that's missing right now is that I'm sure there are people doing wild shit with digital video that's really cool and exciting. Mm. But also, not only are those people not getting, like, distribution and, um like, avenues where they can get that in front of people, not just, like, put it up on YouTube where it will languish and die, mm. but, like, you know, get the actual promotion and things. But also, they aren't getting, like, the budget to help them make those things in the way that, like... You know, this is, like, self-funded, and yet there's still, like, money coming in from the community as, like, yes. this is a thing that someone's doing. Yes. Um, stuff that's happening with, like, V Cinema Sicko shit in Japan is, like, getting funding mm-hmm. from, like, studios and things. Yes. You know? Well, and, on the- and it's not getting a ton, but it's still, like, doing something alone or with, like, a small group of friends that you're self-funding. Mm. And doing something that can get even like, you know, tens of thousands of dollars behind it. There's still a like stark difference there in what you can do.
1: Yeah, um, well, and and you know, on the distribution end of it, like, you know, um, it's not like Sweet Sweetback was guaranteed to be a hit. The movie was hell to make because everyone thought it was gonna bomb. Yeah. People were like, no one's going to want to watch this shit. Yeah. Um, it just so happened that, like, the Black Panther Party, like, rallied around it and, you know, it ended up revolutionizing cinema in the 70s and, like, creating the whole market of, like, I don't really think of this as, like, a exploitation movie. Like, this is a very different movie from, like, Shaft. Yeah. But, um, well, you, you see how this carves out a space for that movie. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think you can also see how, because I think that this movie is far more revolutionary than something like *Parasite*. Uh huh. Um, there's still a way that, like, I can see an exec looking at this movie and saying, "Well, this made a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. How do we like make this our own?" Yes. In a way that, like, hegemonic systems always try to fold in whatever is like in opposition to it as much as they can. Mm -hmm. And I think black exploitation. A lot of what I think of more like core black exploitation, which this is not fitting into, is a stuff where a lot of it is like being made within this kind of system where it's like, it it's a little bit safer, I think, than like yes. Sweet Sweetback is. Yes. But also there's still stuff that is coming through because of, like, the people who are involved in production and everything. That there's, like, still resonance there that is important for, Uh like, the black community. Yeah. To go and see themselves and to, like, see stuff that is, like, talking about, like, often, like, militant black, Mm -hmm. like, movements. Yeah. But that is now being being produced in a way that's, like, pushing it more towards something that is, like, Parasite, where it's, like, but there's never, there's not yeah. as much of a moment like there is at the end of Sweet Sweetback's badass song where it's just, like, <laughs> all right, now go up, go out there and, like, do shit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, Sweet Sweetback. <laughs> like, the the title card is, you know, Sweetback is coming back to collect some dues, but, like, what the title card is actually saying is, like, why not go hell and beat the hell out of a cop? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you person in the audience, just go fuck <coughs> up a cop right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then
2: that gets like turned into like, oh, here's just like this badass who can do it and can like enact that. Uh huh. But not in a way that is like as much a call to action. Yes. Yes.
1: Sweet. The
2: thing. The, o- the other thing I think is really important about Sweet Sweetback is how much of the movie is about like the community in various ways, like protecting him and helping him. Uh-huh. Um his biggest betrayal is like when he gets help from the white gang. uh uh-huh. That has the the wild sex duel before it. Um she's one of the most like absolute like this is just an audio visual experience at point points of this <laughs> movie gets. Um but a lot of it is, like, here are people helping out, and then, like, it will often break bad because, like, you know, another recurring thing is, like, the man, like, knows everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you can hide out for only so long, but they know. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, it's like, all these people in the community helping him, which even includes the lengthy sequence at the end of, like, him running, and there's the people being, like... Oh, I I'm, I haven't heard of him or like, no, I haven't seen Sweetback in a while, or you yeah. know. And it's just everyone being like, don't talk to the cops. Yes. Yeah. Don't talk to the cops yeah. Tuesday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well and 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 you know, um Shaft it, it, it functions as a superhero. You know yeah. um like Sweetback is just a guy. Yeah. Sweetback is just, like, just has an opportunity to hit back and takes it.
2: Yeah. The the one part where Sleepback gets a little bit superheroish is that he does have the superpower of just being the best at sex. Yes. <laughs> but that's very different than, like, Shaft being a superhero.
1: Listen, if I was going to write, direct, star, produce, <laughs> and edit the movie... I also would be the best at sex. <laughs> yeah.
2: I would probably make a movie about being great at sex and killing cops. That's,
0: <laughs>
1: um... <laughs> You know, um, I think this movie has like a lot of like legitimately like revolutionary stuff and like, you know, visionary stuff or like what's what cinema can be. And I also think that there's a lot of just, like, wish-fulfillment power fantasy stuff that's good. It's good. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: We're going to talk a little bit about gender that happens.
1: Yeah, so the first scene... (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay, the first scene has Sweetback as an 11-year-old having sex with a woman and that 11-year-old being played by... uh, Melvin Van Peebles' actual eleven-year-old son having actual—that's a, yeah. I don't really feel qualified to talk about. It. You should go watch the movie that Mario Van Peebles made about this exact experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, um, the the first like scene in the present day of this movie is there's like a club where like people and and a specifically like a, a largely white audience is showing up to, like, watch black people have sex, basically.
2: Yeah, but it's kind of... Especially at the beginning, it seems like it's just, like...
1: There's striptease, a, maybe.
2: Well, like, yeah, strip striptease with a woman, and then an- another person enters who's, uh-huh. like... Seems to be a drag king, who's got on, like, a fake beard and... Yes. Um, you know, like, various stuff. But, like, really implied, especially as, like that character starts to strip has like a bra on and everything is like, Oh, this is a drag King. Mm-hmm. seems like it may have even been played by like, you know, a woman or drag queen. Yeah. Up until the point where, so then this like
1: the Dyke fairy godmother shows up, Yeah, the up. Dyke fairy godmother shows up, which who's... is, which is a man, which is a clearly like gay man. There's a lot of like yeah. queer people in this movie and like a yeah. way that is uncommon upon the, like, we yeah. should talk about in a sec, but let's finish summarizing. Yeah, they're soon. kind of
2: just like included as part of like the community. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and so then shows up, and then kind of the joke is like, oh, you know, because there's like sex that has like a you know strap on mm-hmm. and everything, and then shows up and is like, oh, blah, blah blah, you know, the Dyke Fairy Godmother granting the wish, which is of course for like this drag king to like become a real boy, basically. Yeah. And then it's like the the Strap on falls off and there's a real dick under there and like takes the beard off and it's just like Sweetback with like yeah his beard yeah um and the reveal is like it was Sweetback the entire time yeah um but also in a way where I don't think the actual production was it was Sweetback the entire time it's I don't just,
1: think it's just that he wrote a movie where he's a man playing a woman playing a man and has. Sex as both a woman and a man. And I don't I don't have anything to say yeah. about that. I just want to like present that and as then, a list of facts.
2: <laughs> and then one of the other key sex scenes in the movie is when there is the like white gang
1: mm-hmm.
2: of like predominantly racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are like shouting at him and everything, and then they're like, Oh, we're gonna call out like a, you know, the the meanest one for mm. a duel who's Prez. And then Prez comes out and you know, seems to be some like big tough dude, and yeah. then like you know, takes off the helmet and everything and is revealed to be a woman. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Okay, it's your fight, what are you gonna choose? To, to sweep back, and then he says, fucking, and then it's a sex duel. Yeah. Where he has sex with this woman who was, like, appearing to be a man, and has sex with her so good that he wins the duel.
0: I don't know. And then they, like, it. agree
2: to help him, but then they betray him because they're racist white guys.
1: Yeah. I and then he kills more cops. I just don't understand any of the gender that's happening in either of those two sex scenes. It feels significant, but like not in a way that I can parse. <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: um
1: I wanted to talk about real quick the like the queer people that show up in this movie because there are a couple scattered throughout the movie, but the the there the folks who I really keyed in on are like just three absolute queens who show up, like Sweetback is running toward the Mexico border to get away from the cops and like at some just like um taco stand in the middle of the fucking desert like these three queens are just hanging out like and tell no officer I haven't seen Sweetback but if you see him send him my way seductively like yeah. puts a straw in their mouth etc um this is also right before or right after a scene where we see like Some, um, like, (coughs) uh, immigrants from Mexico, like, helping sweep back out. And I thought it was really interesting. (coughs) This desert sequence, after a little while, loses me. I think the desert sequence starts as some of the strongest stuff in the movie and then just kind of drags on. This was one of the last really interesting moments of the desert sequence to me, where, um, like, through music and and the running we've sort of, like, established this sort of visual connection from, like, you know, runaway slaves to modern, like, running away from the police, basically. Mm-hmm. And that, like... And and then to introduce just, like, here are some, like, you know, immigrant migrant workers who are helping him out. Here are some queer people. Just, like, quickly touching on, like, these are, like, groups who, like, feel solidarity. And not that, yeah. like you know, you know, not that you and I as like white queer people are, are facing the same sort of like oppression that black people are. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, just that like, we all, we all struggle with the cops yeah. in different ways. And,
2: it, and it's coming up in this sequence of like lots of people in the community mm. choosing not to help the cops. Yes.
1: You there's, know? A, there's a white guy who shows up who's clearly just really poor and like, maybe not like all there and he's just like no I'm not helping the cops walks away you know yeah. like there are a lot of different types of people in the world that the cops harass and just establishing yeah. through this montage that like there is like solidarity to be found with other groups even when you don't have the, the same exact struggle you know there is solidarity yeah. <laughs> we all hit the cops and, <laughs> and don't tell the cops shit
2: Don't <laughs> don't, don't talk shit. to the cops
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> don't do it <laughs> um yeah I was well and i thought i was also there was a certain connection being drawn to of like here are these migrant workers who are helping the sweet back mm-hmm. and there's often this like oh you know people from mexico want to come to the u.s because it's so great and there's also, like, a certain calling attention to, like, no, like, Sweetback wants to get to Mexico, because the U.S. also sucks.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> like, it's not, like, one country is, like, great and the yeah. other is bad. Like...
1: We're all struggling out here. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you, like, might be able to find something better somewhere else, but...
1: Yeah. Well, I I think it's, like, legitimately true. I think for those migrant workers, like, coming to the U.S. is, like, a legitimately better situation than the situation that they're in. Because at least they can, like, make a little money, send it back to the family, etc. you know. Um, And and Sweetback, you know, needs to be out of the fucking United States. He's killed six cops. (laughs) At least I
2: kind (laughs) of lost track at a certain point in this movie. (laughs) Um Great fucking movie. It's a good movie. We a rating for stairs. Or Do you have more you want to talk about first? Mm,
1: no, no the the major the major stair scene for me. There's another one later, but there's a early on. Um, like we said, Sweetback is like working at this club at the very start of the movie. Um, and pretty early on, the cops come to the club like looking for him, and um, like kind of even though they
2: like. Don't think that it's Sweetback at this point. Mm-hmm. They still kind of raid the club. Yeah, they're, they're not. Like... They're not like coming and knocking nicely and being like, "Hey,
0: yeah, this it's... thing
2: happened," and like Sweetback was there and he'd be a witness, and we just want to
1: talk to him. They're like bursting in the door and like literally everyone, like everyone who's at the club is like asleep or is like. There's a couple people, like, who are in bathrooms, you know, like, no one is causing problems, and the cops just kick open the doors, waving guns around. Yeah. Literally, like, Sweetback's boss is, like, in the in the bathtub, I think, and the cop's, like, running on him with guns drawn, as if he's gonna fucking do anything. Yeah. He's not...
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there is this moment of them, like... It cuts, like, multiple times between, like, looking down the stairs to, like, you're on the ground floor looking at sort of mm. the stairs, like, from the side. Mm. Um, and they, like, kind of, like, kick a guy who, like, was, you know, falling yeah. out of one of the doors. But I think like, what's the Dyke Ferry
1: Godmother guy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, and, like, storm up the stairs. I think mean, that's, like, one of the big stairwell yeah. scenes. Yeah.
1: And it's got like a really nice red carpet on it. It's got a very nice handrail, I think. Yeah, um, that's
2: probably what I'm gonna find for the the.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm I'm thinking like I feel like C minus maybe. Like I feel like it gets up above a D. Yeah, because... I feel like
2: it's in the C range where because there's multiple stairs. Like we just get like kind of various shots of him sometimes, like running mm-hmm. upstairs while he's running around. There's also that one that's just, like, wooden that goes up to the the farm. I didn't understand what that was. Yeah, I wasn't fully sure. I I
1: think all those people were just on drugs, and, like, he was going to hide out with the people who were on drugs. I think that's what that was. But I Um, couldn't...
2: And there's a part where we saw the stairs and thought he was gonna go up it, and then he didn't. And we were like, "Come on!" And then some scenes happen, and then he goes and he's like, "I'm gonna go up there." And then he goes up the stairs, and we're like,
0: "Yeah, <laughs> it was not as good as stairs." No.
2: Um, and none of these felt like big moments. No. So I feel like in the C range, I could do maybe just like a flat C, but
1: yeah, yeah I could. I I would say C or C minus. I don't think it gets up to C plus. Yeah. Let's do C. Let's just do a uh-huh. C.
2: Um. Just like Um, auto did the minus because we haven't done a flat C. There
1: we go. There we go. Um, I love this movie.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: You know what's great is now that I've seen this movie, I can just... If I ever want to watch it again, I can just turn it off when it gets to the desert sequence and I think it starts to drag. I think the first part of the desert sequence is super good and important. Yeah. Um, And I think... You can, like, skip to, like, the very end. If 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 you're watching this movie, I would say watch to where he is dressing the wound. Skip that if it's too gory for you. I thought it was really fun and cool where he's dressing the wound. And past that, I think it gets a little repetitive, and you could just kind of fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Uh,
2: if you I'm... feel yourself really dragging, just, like you know skip ahead a little yeah
1: i if i ever watch this movie again i'm just going to turn it off after that point and it'll be fine you know
2: yeah um i mean it was still mm-hmm. fine it was still an incredible yeah. movie you know yeah there's a moment where i was just like you i know that you shot the film and you probably want to use it cuz yeah. you're running around in the desert but
1: yeah it feels like yeah i guess from from the perspective of this movie was such a pain in the ass to make mm-hmm. and and that move, the film stock is expensive. I want it to be in the movie if we shot it. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, do we get any emails to your. Yeah, let me look, but I. I have a Gmail icon. Nope, this is from my employer. Just about my 401k or whatever. Just an automated email.
2: Okay. Well, we did get an email that you missed for last episode. Yes. And this first one in particular is directed to you. So I was like, I'm going to bring this up. I'm glad I remembered. Uh, I did ask this to Connor, but Connor had no idea what any of this means. Okay. So uh, this is from Ina. I'm pretty sure this is a question entirely for Autumn and for that I apologize. But what would the cast of Arrow watch on the Arrow streaming service? Oh,
0: okay.
2: I can help a little bit with this cuz I've I've yeah. watched not a not like later seasons but
1: pull up Arrow. Yeah. Um I also have not seen that much Arrow. I feel like I'm midway through season 3, which is where I fell off last time and guess what I've been doing? Falling off again. Um the thing is, I could like pull up a list and I if you say the names I'll know
2: exactly who you're talking about, but yeah. I don't know if I can like summon them into my mind other than Felicity who's great. Yeah. Um okay. Felicity just watches like has a subscription to Arrow and is just like watching it every night, I think. Oh good. Violent Cop and Boiling Point are still on here. Oh nice. I'm gonna watch those.
1: Um, I started Violent Cop and I just legitimately I was like, I just wanna be doing this for stairwells. Yeah. <laughs> I started it and was having a good time, and then I was just like, Man, he got out the little pinwheels and he's like sadly looking at a beach while talking with this girl and flying these pinwheels. It's just not the same without without stairwells. Yeah. <laughs> um Okay. Just broadly speaking, like what genres do you like? Do you think Oliver Queen is into like kung fu movies? Do you think he's into like um,
2: who's his like little little bit homo like relationship Diggle friend? Yeah, yeah. I think Diggle's in into... the
1: Diggle loves kung fu movies. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Um,
2: I think. I don't think Oliver is quite as much into... Kung- like, we'll watch it with Diggle.
1: Yes. And similarly, similarly, I think Felicity is really into slashers. Yeah. Um, and he he actually has kind of gotten into slashers because of her. Yeah. Oh, He, he was used like- to be
2: like, I really don't like slashers. I find them scary. But then he was watching yeah. them with Felicity and, yeah.
1: and got into them. And it was like, actually, these are kind of funny sometimes. You know what it is? He'd like Westerns. He would. He would just he would just be a westerns person. Yeah. Um. Um. He's definitely like, you know, he has opinions
2: about like the various Django movies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Those are like the main three. Like, yeah. there obviously, like Thea is there. I don't. I. I think Thea just watches what's on Netflix. I don't think she's really like a movie person.
2: Yeah. Um, In my mind, and it's been a while since I've watched Arrow, but Felicity is the most movie person.
1: Yes. Yes. Is again, like,
2: Slashers are probably one of her favorites, but is like, she also probably has the subscription and is like watching this all the time.
1: Yes. She also is like, no, 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 no. Gamera versus Barugon is actually one of the really good ones. Yeah. <laughs> um,. Uh, has like no I understand like the first Gamera movie not so good Gamera versus we watched that other Gamera movie you didn't like it but I, I'm telling you Gamera vs. Um, <laughs> I love Felicity
2: so much she's incredible she's the best character on that show yeah
1: do I have anything good on, like, my list for Arrow? What do I have, like, queued up that I was wanting to watch? Um, I've just got the the whole list of Yakuza movies on yeah. there. I've got the next two Gamma movies I need to watch. Camera. Gamera. Oh, I learned it from Mystery Science Theater. You're not going to... This is, like, one of those this things where I'm not going to... Gamera. Yep. I learned it from Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. And I'm not going to fix it. Uh, Chinatown Kid. JSA and Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Oh... Female Prisoner Scorpion six oh one um that might be shit. I might watch that tonight. Shit. I wanna watch that.
2: Maniac. Gore the Assassin. Mm-hmm. What, Kansas City regular. I
1: maybe put that in my queue purely because it's about the place that I'm from.
2: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I
1: don't even know what that movie is. I just saw Kansas um, City and I was like, Whoa. Go to hell, bastards. Detective Bureau Two Three, go to hell, bastards! Yeah. Um, Great. Anyway, making Dune. Next time we're watching. Um... Ooh, there's there's a couple other. Oh. I just want these
2: ones. I feel like were more for Connor and me. So if you don't know if you have the answer here, that's fine. But I just want a quick run through them. One. Do you think you could make Bato cry?
1: No, nah, Bato and I would bro the fuck down.
2: I know. So my of... answer was. I think I can make Bato cry, but I don't want to make Bato cry.
1: I know a lot of people. I know people who are listening to this podcast that are like, Bato is my husband. Mm-hmm. I, I I love and respect those people. You know, if literally anybody who's like, Bato is my husband, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. For me, I just want to crack crack open a cold one with Bato. I don't yeah. even like beer, but I just like. Hey, man, let's just, you know, you want to just bullshit for, like... Yeah. I would do a podcast with Bato. Yeah. (laughs) Um,
2: Then he he would have, like, weird, complex feelings about, like, how he has a job that doesn't allow him to, like, access this level of humanity that he has within himself to, like, hang out with someone and crack a beer open and record
1: a podcast. And I would just be like, hey, man, chill. We're just... (laughs) Do you just want to go play Dark Souls? Like, we don't have to...
2: (laughs) But (laughs) then he would, like, reveal that he had just, like, been doing this, like, as an undercover thing the entire time. And it's just, like... As part of his job, he has to be friends with you and do a podcast because he's trying to, like, investigate your possible ties to the Communist Party. Um, And... He he does actually now have the evidence where you're going to be arrested and taken to prison. And he's trying to like present to you that like all of this friendship was a farce that I was doing, but you know that he was actually friends with you and is extremely sad that he has to <laughs> that he has to do his job and send you to jail. But he's still doing his job.
1: I would like to stress again, Bata, would you like to go sit on the couch and play some Dark Souls for a little while? Or do you want to watch me play? I'd rather watch you play, but like whatever.
2: After this conversation, <laughs> when you are in jail, he he takes your console that has dark souls on it and and stares at it and then throws it into the trash and it like he's so strong that it just like shatters the console. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for you to watch more standalone complex.
1: <laughs> Was it episode three or episode four that had um Togasa comes home. Well, one, Togusa and Bato go to the house of the suspect, and the the suspect just has like reels of like Breathless and a Band Apart and Alpha. Oh, I just, think that's like, I think that's three. I think that's I think it's three. three. And then Togusa goes home, and his wife is watching Breathless or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, Togusa just being like, "Oh my god." The robot said the same lines that are in the movie. Except then she she added one. Is this a cut? And I was like, no, this
2: is just the movie. And it's like, wait, a robot can both watch a movie and quote it and then
1: also say other things. I love I love. I think in a lesser show than Standalone Complex, it would just take Togusa, like, completely seriously in that moment. I love that you have his wife just being there like no, you... <laughs> okay, can you go feed the baby or something? <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, I also like that the essence of the the friendship between Bato and Togusa is the uh, Street Fighter win quote, go home and be a family man. <laughs> um <sighs> I love this character so much. Um, what other classic anime would you like to see an inappropriate and ill-advised American film remake of? Well, you know, not like, but like, what would be the funniest one?
1: Okay, so like, here's the thing. is I genuinely think that Americans could make a perfectly acceptable Aim for the Ace movie. Yeah. I think the funny version of that is Americans specifically making a movie about a Japanese high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I know you couldn't get Scarlett Johansson because she can't play a high schooler, but the, the, the equivalent...
2: Don't... She could play a tree if she wanted to.
1: <laughs> but, like, the equivalent of that, of, like, we cast just some white 20-year-old as as a Japanese high school girl and, and made a name for the Ace movie. That was where my mind went immediately. Yeah. Um, I, uh, Sailor Moon, another... That one's a layup for... Someone will try to make a Sailor Moon live-action movie someday, I assume. I mean, yeah. say that there are those movies in Japan. <laughs> yeah. But someone in the U.S. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's it for... Inuyasha. <laughs>
2: Inuyasha.
1: Live-action American Inuyasha is the funniest fucking... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because there's so much stuff in Inuyasha that like Inuyasha is already a nightmare to localize because you have to try and parse like okay how many like how much of this stuff can I just count on the weebs knowing and how much stuff do I have to actually yeah. explain <laughs> Um, and you, you know like
2: this wouldn't be good but you could have one that's like going to like historical like like drawing on like European myth or something. Uh-huh. It's like set in some European country. Yeah. And like they're going back yeah. to you know King Arthur or whatever. Yeah. Is, they wouldn't do that though. Either, either it would just way, be white people playing historical Japan.
1: Yes. Either way you go, where you make it like Europe or you make it historical Japan, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. And just very
2: different ways.
1: <coughs> um.
2: Okay. Well, that's it for emails. Yeah. Um, thank you, Ina, for writing a, over a week ago. <laughs> or I guess like a week ago. This was last Wednesday. Yeah. Um,
1: Next time that's... we're watching Cure, we'll be joined by our first ever guest. Um, yeah. We're recording that on the 11th. Is that what we said? Yeah. So um, be sure to email us any of your questions about J-Horror. Where could they send that email? Exportaudiopodcast@gmail.com. I have not ever seen any like J horror movie in my life. Yeah. I'm obviously going to be talking to two people who have. <laughs> <laughs> this one is
2: there's definitely horror elements, but it's it's a little bit more in like the psychological horror and like thriller
1: territory. Mm-hmm. I would say so. Um, yeah, shoot us any questions there. Um, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at a underscore coffee. You can find all my other podcasts at exportodd.io. That takes you to the Patreon page, and we've got links to all the free feeds, or you can just give us a dollar a month and get access to most of the pods early. Or you can give us $5 a month. And tomorrow, it's Wife Day. Nora and I both have the day off. So we're going to record our next episode of Pop Town Funk, which will be about Pixels. Um, a movie I chose because I feel like it realizes the promise of Pop Town Funk. Uh, Yeah, better than anything else we've done so far. So if you have any, I still think you should just. Well, if it was me, I would just
2: play the game. But I understand that you like don't fully know how to like talk about. I I don't have
1: any sort of capacity for podcasting about video games. The other thing is, you could have watched
2: the old cartoon. There was a
1: cartoon all about Hubert.
2: That would have been great. Yes, but Pixels is the most. Pop Town Funk Choice. I will.
1: Uh, other than Free Guy, which is an equivalently Pop Town Funk Choice, yeah. I just wanted to watch the Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Not wanted to. I just... I wanted to touch the hot stove.
0: Be,
2: I, think I've, I think I've seen it. This is why when you were like, does anyone want to be on it? I'd be like, I I could do it. <laughs> I, was, I think that came out during the time where I was
1: just seeing so much shit in theaters that mm. I think I saw it. Um, I was gonna say I was gonna ask you one other thing before I threw you, threw to you for plugs, but I can't think of it. So plug.
2: You can follow me at foxmomnia on Twitter, or you can follow media pile, m e d i a m h underscore p i l e, uh, where I tweet about stuff that I'm currently consuming. I I was for some reason tweeting a bunch unlocked about Nana, so uh, I should tweet more about that on that. account Because Nana's great. Go read Nana. Uh, also, go listen to Ghost Divers. You h- heard some of it last time, probably, unless you just, like, I need
1: to, skipped. I need to actually listen to that episode because, one, I want to hear how you put it all together, and two, I want to hear the Ghost Divers yeah. part.
2: Um, if you don't want to listen to all of our part, just to save time, because it is five hours, Yeah. Uh, s- skip to... Like the emails, just to remind yourself of the conversation that we had there. Cause there's some very funny payoff when you get okay. to the divey section of stuff that we say while we're doing the emails. Okay. So, um, I was actually like kind of delighted at those sections in particular, how like unintentionally jokes were set up that got like <laughs> paid off.
1: Um, yeah, I wanna, I wanna, um, I wanna hear. You know, what Connor has to say about Ghost in the Shell. So Yeah. Um
2: But yeah, we're we're doing Ghost in the Shell to Innocence next. So if people were excited about Ghosts in the Shell, right into ghostdiverspod at gmail.com. When are you watching Innocence? I don't, I don't know. Okay. There it'll be like around the time that we're doing blow up more. So Okay. It'll be not this Saturday, because this Saturday we're recording something
1: else. It'll be the Saturday after. Okay. No, just sometime that week. I'll, so. I'm going to try and. I don't know if we'll watch it together, but I'm going to try and squeeze in Innocence, because it sounds. I'm interested. Yeah. I'm. I don't know. I might want to finish Standalone Complex Season 1 first. Not because I know they don't tie together, but just because it's like, I started this. I might want to just finish that. Before I do a different ghost in the shell thing But we'll see Yeah, I'll download it and then maybe like if I have a day Where I'm like I I have 90 minutes and I don't want to watch a TV show Then that's what I'll do yeah. We'll see
2: But yeah if people don't listen to Ghost Divers After Innocence we're doing second gig Because we already did the first season Like to launch the podcast mm-hmm. um, And uh, Solid State Society mm-hmm. And then mapping in there
0: yeah. And oh, you don't than... want to do
1: 2047? Mm, the, th- the CG animated show?
2: At some point we might, but. You don't want to do 2017? We don't, we don't want
1: to do this. Yeah, know. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, Coro is
2: real. Okokoro is real. There's a moment where I was just like, how do we end this?
1: (laughs) I have to pee. (laughs) Bye, I'm hitting stop. That should be the actual sign off. I have to pee.
2: I always do have to pee at the end of the podcast.
0: Come on, run. He'll do what he say you done. Come on, Nase. Don't be me. Come on, Nase. Because that ain't the first red you ever seen. Come on, baby. Do your thing. <laughs> come on, baby. Don't cop out on me. <laughs> come on, baby. Don't get hit on me. Come, come on, Nase. Come on, cruise for me. Anyway, the way I pick them up and put them down Even if I got my name on it, won't catch me now. Sure, sure. Won't catch yeah. me now. You sure never put down? us in some cold-ass oh, yeah. ground Sure it was dark, never yeah. been out this way yeah. Anyway, safe and sound But we broke the Olympic 220 Cross-crunch or something you're lonely. Whatever happened to the sun, sugar on the way. She'll black as in a landlord's soul. Must have run all day. Yeah. yeah. Must have run all day. Must have run all day. You sure, elephant. Must have run all day. Come on, feet. Cruise for me? Come on, fee. Come on, run. Who's for me? Come on, feet. <laughs> Come on, feet. <laughs> Come on, feet. Oh.